All right. This is it. Might be the best episode of Empires of the Future so far. I think it's going to end up being three episodes, right? Well, who knows? <laughs> but and I'm rocking a new microphone, so I feel like a, an all-new man. I mean, you're probably yeah. going to sound ten times better than before. Hopefully. <laughs> I was doing a podcast recently <clears throat> and with another friend on about sports, and I had this big microphone in front of my face, and I looked at that and I'm like, I need something more manageable uh-huh. that people can actually see my face and not have some massive microphone in front of my face. So here we go. So really, once you start getting new microphones, you realize, like, this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is our 20th, 21st episode. 21st episode. That's great. Did you think we go this far? Did you think we go, like, four in? And yeah, like- I did. No. <laughs> Man, we were in this for the long run. Long haul. But it is going to be the best because uh, Space Pirates, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean... I had no idea. We just talked about this. No idea this was going on. Yeah. And so this was, <laughs> it's wild. It's great. We, I think we talked several, <laughs> know, several months ago about space and how NASA's not had, I had no nine years ago. It was the last yeah, time. Yeah, from, from America. The last time uh, we launched sad. a rocket from American that's, soil. That's sad. It is. It's surprising. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of stuff has happened in nine years, but not any launching of rockets. And so we've been... In this issue, uh, in the decadence episode, we talked about how one of the sad That's things right. was we're not doing anything in space, which apparently was a unifying factor back in the '60s. And it seems like most people are okay with that. <clears throat> well, yeah, you know, I think the average it's, person it's a waste of money, maybe. knows that they don't have the ability to do anything about space. Yeah, I mean, every time I like read anything about this, I get uh, the idea that there's a lot of math. Involved, and then I'm kind of like, well, I don't think I can be of much so you don't use think, you in don't that think, regard. You don't think people uh, make NASA and the space program a major political issue, and they're voting? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's, I, that, that's the sad part. Somebody needs to go on that platform. Uh, yeah, I'm running for president to to go to Mars. It seems like that's right up Andrew Yang's alley. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why he didn't win. He didn't go all in on the, go all on in space, on space on, space. on government. Funded space programs. I don't. I don't think you get too far on that anymore. Uh, yeah. I think people are looking to pay higher taxes so that we can put more astronauts into space. Yeah, I don't think that's where it's at. It one of the only, one of the few uh, roles of the vice president is that he, the vice president run. I was going to say he, but it could be a she. Mm-hmm. It's Kamala Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the vice president runs NASA. I think that's one of its one of. That Still? Rolls, well, that's a great question. I just assumed, I, I know that was the truth for a while. I'm not okay. sure if that stopped. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, vice president doesn't get a lot to do while uh, being second right. in, the, in the secession to the White House. But one of those, I think, is NASA. Oh. So there you go. And so it's on the vice president. We've narrowed down whose fault it is. Hence why there's not a lot of emphasis <laughs> yeah. that the vice president runs it. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. So this is uh, an article from the Wall Street Journal by Tunku Veradarajan. The man has five A's in his last name. This is the only last name I've ever seen that has uh, every other letter is an A. I don't wow. know why. I just noticed that. And it's Veradarajan, which Veradarajan. is wild. And it's called The New Gold Rush in Space. And he is from Russia. The, I don't know. The writer is... Okay, we're, he just wrote the article. The, the article's about an, a Russian. That's right. Right, okay. Right. Um, so 
I mean, I didn't know the stuff necessarily was all going on. You hear things here and there that sure. there are plans. Um, but Sunday, uh, the Crew Dragon splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, completing the first manned space mission from American soil in nine years. And uh, this Russian man who now lives in America, uh, Mikhail Kokorich, uh, who was on the flight, uh, he said this, quote, it's remarkable because it marks the transition of space exploration from the nation state into the hands of private entrepreneurs. Which is another thing I didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, space sponsored by Apple. Right. And sponsored by a lot of other people that, you know, I read into this article, it's like, man, this is... This is where everybody's going. Yeah. I mean, this is this is not just a pipe dream or or even a specialization. This is there's a lot of people that are working on this right now. Um, and the article mentioned that Facebook has some things going <laughs> Facebook, on with satellites. Trying to get a satellite right up there, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I, I, part of me thinks that if you just get a whole lot of money, well, I mean, why not try to get a satellite in space? Right. There's not a lot of other. St- I mean, you can buy as many yachts as you want. You get tired of buying yachts, you know. I mean, what private islands? Who cares? Right. Space. Right. That's where we're at now. See, there's actually an old Doctor Who episode where there was a yacht in space. Right. So maybe they can build a yacht that flies in space. Now that's a <laughs> that's a thing I can see them doing. There you uh, go. There's a Jerry Seinfeld bit where he talks about uh, the. The moon landing and the rover. And oh, now yeah. there's not a more male idea in the history of manhood, but yeah. let's go fly up to the moon and just drive around. Look for women. Where? <laughs> yeah. That was the bit, right? Yeah. They're looking yeah. for women everywhere. There could be someone <laughs> Mars. Let's go take a car up there. honk at them, then and drive off. Drive that's around, yeah, and honk at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, because they will. They will, yeah. There will be a space yacht. I mean, there will. And unfortunately, it'll probably be like in the top like the first 100 things that they do because you know the rich are going to want to get up there in yeah. the space yeah. uh, we got these engineers who are going first because we want them to go and figure out you know the nuts and bolts and work out the kinks and then yeah. after that that's when you know Kanye can go out there who knows who knows who's on their way out there after yeah. uh, it's odd and I mean it does talk about it, it has gotten cheaper I guess to to get into space uh, um, I'm not sure how much money the US government spent in the 60s to get to the moon and if you if you and I don't know it, there probably someone that's on out there you probably can google how much that money would have been like today mm-hmm. it's probably a, a ton of money oh yeah in the trillion oh, I'm, yeah that sounds right I mean um, but uh, it seems like it's not that much as much money to, to get into space or these companies wouldn't do it I mean they're still in, in, about making money mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just about wasting money just for the fun of wasting money um, but I think they they see it as a a venture, right? I mean, as a place of new investment is in space. Well, and that is the other thing that's surprising about um, about this story is that there's there's money in satellites and communications. Sure. But this story is how. Um, uh, okay, so April sixth, uh, President Trump signed an executive order on the recovery and use of space resources. This is a little bit funny because, I mean, you know, the President of the United States is like, ah, oh, space? Yeah, I got, an, I got an idea about that. Yeah. You know that stuff up there? You can just get it. Yeah, that's right. And this is the idea, basically, that uh, it used to be that uh, if it was 
beyond the atmosphere of Earth. It was kind of like global commons. It, it belonged yeah. to the whole world, yeah. and so you can't just get stuff and say yeah. it's yours. But it's like international waters. Yeah. Right. Right. And no, that's been changed now. That if you fi- if find space. finders keepers, <laughs> that's right. And you claim this vastness of space. Wh- right. You know. Um, and so now that's the way it is. And, and I still, my mind. They, they didn't mention this in the article. My mind just just wonders. So I'm like, what is it that you're going to claim up there? You know, are there pieces of Sputnik just like floating around? Like, no, no, no we're going to get that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to put that on eBay. And then, right, right. Um, yeah, I didn't understand what resource meant. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, they talked about they're going to get some water off the moon it's kind of like well what what are you again what are you gonna do with that put it in perrier bottles i I don't understand (laughs) i don't i don't know exactly what right uh the resources that they are looking to pick up um but apparently that this is a thing that matters i mean apparently they're up there and uh and and if you get a hold of them and so they're they're the phrase uh buccaneers uh, of space is mentioned in here because when you say anybody can go that just says to everybody hey yeah. All you got to do is get out of the atmosphere, and anything you find is yours, right. uh, which is a common human impulse. Right. Uh, that's something that people have been about for a long, long time, from gold rushes to, yeah. you know, uh, conquistadors. If you're willing to risk it, and you can claim it, then you claim it. Yep. Right? And so, yeah, it'll be interesting, like, you know, God, who knows what the, the year extent of this, you know, where you're having, like, companies with spacecrafts going around parts of the space or whatever like that but you, you'll have it, you just kind of take it it's like are this kind of like you know the 19th century when like it was all about sea exploration right and you had the east indian trade company yep. and then but then you had the european colonial nations fighting each other like the french and the english and the spanners you're like and they're like patrolling all this right so you're gonna right. get like united states and eu and china or whomever patrolling this international space vastness with right. these different companies doing whatever they do and uh which it's just crazy it's to, wild to think about and, and it, you know it's so interesting you know uh i guess you know S- spacex is is musk right uh, elon mm-hmm. musk is uh, kind of enterprise um it's so interesting though that like you know through, through, throughout this this covid uh fa- the past five months that we had like two people go up in space, right? And they came back down, and they I think from they were explaining it was like the, it was the first time since um, the Apollo missions that they were in a craft, not like mm-hmm. in a shuttle, but in a craft coming down into the atmosphere, and they were yeah. talking about how it felt. It felt like they were in a like basically in a dragon. They felt like they were in a creature. How violent! Hmm. Wow! How violent it was, and none of those guys had ever experienced that particular experience because it's been since the like early 70s that they were coming through the atmosphere like on in a small craft and parachuting into right, the water right they had been doing that since apollo huh they were using shuttles and they would you know come back down and they would land right yeah. um and so a totally new experience with the coming down into the water and uh it's kind of exciting you know really cool to see what will what these companies are willing to do or what they'll end up doing in the next several years. Uh, it could be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe absolutely. Maybe they'll go to the moon. It, it as, I mean, if we did it in the 60s. You know, the moon, this is, the moon's got to be a big part of this because there's not that much up there. I mean, there, right. empty space is, is just, there's nothing to it, you know. Right. And so the moon, I think, has got to be a big part of this. I know there are quite a few satellites floating around out there, yeah. and I don't know if there's ones that are defunct that they're looking to pick up or how right. that works, but... Um, 
and Mars. I mean, th- there has there. to be a long term planning oh, yeah. on this. You don't just randomly go up and go, hey, let's see what's up there. We haven't been yes, up there in a while. That there has to be a like, hey, let's let's set up some things in, on Moon and then let's launch into Mars and yep. what within the next hundred plus years, maybe there's like colonies or communities on on, on the Moon, like living and doing resources. It's interesting. There are big dreams behind this. Yeah. There certainly are. Now, you mentioned uh, the cost of this, and I thought this was uh, another surprising element of this story. Uh, so they say in here, 10 years ago, it cost $100,000 to want to launch one kilo into space. So one kilogram uh, is 2.2 pounds. Is that right? Um, yeah. And so 10 years ago, it would be 2010, $100,000 to launch what weighs 2.2 pounds? How much does a gallon of milk weigh? Never actually thought about let's, it. Let's, let's just estimate at, a, at about a gallon of milk. Yeah. It costs 100000 to put one in space. Uh, five years ago, 2015, with cheap post-Soviet Russian rockets, uh, the price fell to twenty k or thirty k. Um, today, it is $5,000. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, this is Mikhail Kokorich, he says it will drop to $500 once uh, Starship, which is what SpaceX super heavy, fully reusable rocket, uh, once that's operational, it's going to drop to $500. And that's on the back of these uh, reusable methane-fueled rocket engines. I think I've heard somewhere along the line something about this, how basically what you're dealing with is you've got to refine really strong, sturdy materials to make the spacecraft out of. you got to have it very well built. Uh, this stuff is not just readily available. You're not just right. getting some iron and throwing right. it on there. Sure. Um, and then when you use up uh, this, the rockets and everything, it's done. Mm-hmm. You, you can't reuse that. And so they're trying to change that um, over to these methane-fueled rocket engines, and that will just be a game changer. 500 yeah. bucks per kilo uh which then, when you have the resources that uh, an Elon Musk or yeah. uh, Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, all, Apple, all, yeah. any of these Apple executives, Silicon Valley, then you're talking commercial enterprise. I mean, it's yeah. just to the point where it's like, look, who wants to go? We yeah. can do this now. Yeah. And which, then, you know, if it gets to a point where legitimate businesses are doing this and they're making money, when is it when the illegitimate businesses get involved in this as well? When you really do kind of get like, you know, you think of like, this sounds silly, but you have like Fast and the Furious movie series, right? This basically the simple fact is they're stealing stuff, commerce going from uh-huh. one place to the other. So you have like groups of people who take it, who's like, hey, let's go steal whatever is being transported to wherever and take it for ourselves and selling it. And you have like rogue, you know, groups of people who are getting into if it's cheap, right? You know, you know, so. It'd be interesting to see like what happens into the future, and you know, it's you know, I know you probably have thought about this, but as businesses get involved in space, that means like you know, people are going to be more interested in shows like Star Trek again, right? Sure, that's true. I and mean, like it just will be a kind of a thing. People are like, well, what if we could all like be a part of a crew? You know, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even right now, it um, it's strange that we haven't seen a movie that deals with yeah. Uh, it's like. Maybe back in the eighties, there was there were more of these movies about. Um, we see some space exploration movies, but they kind of fast forward past this point we're at right now, where it's just like we're trying to figure out how yeah. to have regular 
uh, travel off of the planet. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot. Uh, obviously, there's a big uh, danger zone there with uh, leaving the atmosphere being so tough. And uh, so, yeah, that that will be uh, that'll be an option uh, for movies to be made. Um, now, one thing about this, since this wasn't on my radar at all, I was uh, surprised and I guess heartened to hear that as far as this new sort of space race, you can call it, this yeah. kind of like commercial space race, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the U.S. firmly in number one position Yeah. as far as uh, current technology, uh, the people who are working on this, and also in true American fashion may not have been born here, grow up here. In fact, this uh, Mikhail Kokorich, uh, he is Russian by his birth, grew up in a house with no indoor plumbing in Siberia, uh, studying by the light of a kerosene lamp, it said in here. And and I did not know much about this. You might have known more about this, keeping up with the more politics and geopolitics and stuff like that. But he was part of what they call the Putin exodus in 2014, where uh, Putin's power was really solidified and it, basically, it seems that most people in Russia knew either you're going to be on board with the Putin program and kind of give yourself over yeah, to much. whatever he wants to do and yeah. what, whatever he thinks is best for you, um, or you need to get out. And yeah. so Mr. Kokorich said, I'll get out. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> right. I thought it interesting. I remember reading this article and, and looking at it again. I would have thought China would be second, not third. Right. Uh, I didn't know the EU had invested... And now I don't. I'm gonna guess the difference between one and two is pretty. It's a pretty big gap. I would assume, um, but I didn't know that the EU had invested so much in space. Me either. I thought China would have. Now China may have been so far behind. You know, maybe that's why they're third. I would assume that they won't stay third for very long. China, the way that it's constructed, the way that it's pretty much set itself up as the. Um, with the U.S., the new Cold War, it mm-hmm. seems like they would advance, you know, with it's at, with space the way the U.S. is advancing in space. But it, it is interesting, though, that, you know, U.S. investment is now companies investing in, which, you know, which makes, you know, a great for the U.S. because it doesn't seem like the U.S. government has the stomach for investing in space exploration. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've done that and they're done with it. Um and so it's really exciting. You have multiple companies that are investing in this. And it, I know from reading about Elon Musk, this is like a, a huge passion for him. Oh, yeah. Um, and even a reason um, of reading about uh, Amazon, um, and I have forgotten his name off the top of my head. Oh, Bezos? Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. I, I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. I, I read an article about Bezos in the Wall Street Journal maybe about six months ago talking about how Blue Origin is his baby. Wow, and he spends a lot of time thinking about it, and yeah. so you can tell, like the for these guys who, especially for um, Bezo, who grew up in the '60s, this is this is a dream for him. Right. I think I remember reading about the article how much Star Trek the show was just an inspiration to him, and yeah. and, and kind of how he is as a person. This is like his the thing that he wants to see before as his legacy, mm-hmm. not really Amazon, but space, mm-hmm. and I think. Seems like Musk has a similar viewpoint as well. So like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I it's mean, cool. it's exciting. Yeah, and so uh, and the competition is, will just keep yes. making it better and better. And, and that is uh, that is another just uh, basic uh, uh, 
capitalist, American capitalist idea that yeah. is what is driving this right now is you've got uh, Amazon working with Blue Origin, mm-hmm. an aerospace manufacturer, like you mentioned, and then SpaceX is constructing constructing a satellite uh, constellation, um, yeah. multiple satellites of its own. Uh, Apple is pursuing a space secret. project in secret. <laughs> Uh, uh, so uh, somehow we know that, but that's all we know right now. And I think yeah, I heard, um, I'll have to read up about this and maybe talk about it next week, but I heard that SpaceX got a pretty big Pentagon um, contract Yes, when it comes to space. Um, and um, that's, that's a huge deal um, because when Pentagon money starts flowing into these these focuses uh and the government even though they're not gonna like go in with nasa alone but they're gonna invest that's a that's an interesting development and we'll, and we'll see like it seems like um at least the u.s government is willing to partner with uh, spacex to push forward in space they're not like they're completely out of it completely right like, and then the astronauts that were involved weren't some like guys they put off the street these were former nasa astronauts right i mean it it looks to be like subcontracting yeah. rather mm-hmm. than you know and, and elon musk and others have already proven they can do this cheaper yeah. than the u.s government yeah. could do it and yeah and so as long as it's not uh Unsafe, uh, as long as it's safe and uh, reasonable for the astronauts and everybody involved, then great. You yeah. know, it's good for the American people. It's good for uh, people in general. Uh, I think that this is there. That that one of the sides. This was an interesting story um, because, in part, it's all about space exploration, and in part, it's about geopolitics. And it's about uh, Mikhail Kokorich is uh, working for free Russia. Even even now, uh, from California where he lives, uh, because while Russia wanted to be competitive and and is somewhat competitive, uh, they are right now uh, struggling between fourth and fifth with India for where they stand in this space race. And uh, Kokorich and and others who left Russia uh, have contributed. Uh, a lot of people left Russia in 2014, basically, mm-hmm. if you weren't on board with the Putin regime. And so um, all this is in motion right now as to uh, what will come of Russia. Uh, it is one of the frightening things about history is um, so you look up things like, well, OK, why did World War One start? And you start to see like, well, there was this rise of this kind of leadership and and there are certainly regimes on this planet right now that exist that should make you go, well, this is going somewhere. Yeah, sure. Uh, this, this will not just be a peaceful resolution if uh, a man like Vladimir Putin has anything to say about it. Uh, these, these are people who desire power. Uh, uh, leadership in North Korea, leadership in China, which yeah. you mentioned. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of tensions in the world that yeah. are going somewhere. But in the middle of all this, uh, one question I wanted to ask you and wanted us to think about um, is what is the value of adventure in the life uh, of people? Uh, why is adventure important um, yeah. in our lives and what do you think it does for us? Yeah, adventure. You know, um, it takes me back. Uh, I, I When I was a kid, uh, I watched, you know, I saw Hall 13. That was my introduction mm-hmm. to the whole space Um uh, and was very fascinated by it. And, uh, of course, my I had family that lived up in D.C., and my grandfather was taking me to the Air and Space Museum and always mm-hmm. really enjoyed uh, seeing 
not only the airplanes, but also the, the rockets and things like that. And, um, um, and so I've always had this kind of like boyhood fascination with space. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us did. Uh, either you watch Star Wars or Star Trek or yep. something, and you just had this kind of boyhood hero towards it. But, um, uh, but so I, there, I think that within us, within us all, there's this desire for adventure and, um, and I think one of the issues, I think one of the, the, the things when you watch, like there was a series that HBO did that Tom Hanks was a part of called from the earth to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically chronicled the entire space program and, um, up until like, after the Apollo mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you have these stories of these, of these men who, who came together to accomplish a goal together. And basically you had a challenge, right? The challenge was to get to the moon before the Russians. What a, what a challenge. And they didn't go, ah, that's impossible. They instead worked on the problem Mm -hmm. and, um, they were able, one of the, one of the episodes that's really fascinating and kind of goes along with this is that it was Lockheed Martin got the contract to build the limb. Mm-hmm. That landed on the moon, and one of the the whole episode was basically like them dealing with the problem. How do we get a, a craft that's yeah. light enough to land on the moon, but then able to to rocket back off the moon right. and reconnect? Yeah, what a what a what a challenge! And they worked the problem. You right. know, they came up with with um, diagrams. They tried different things. They tested different things. They sc- they failed a, mil- a bunch of times. And then eventually used aluminum foil, I think, was one of the things yeah. they used. And all these kind of random uh, strategies to to fix, to come, to a, come up with a solution. And I think there's something grand about that yeah. when you have pe- a team of people come together and try to figure out uh, a solution to a problem. Right. And I think that's pretty much what adventure is, you know, um, and it's basic. Uh, you can, you can go, well, you know, like Lord of the Rings, which is a great adventure story, right? They, yeah. Those great adventure stories are, are grand, but you know, you can have just a simple, uh, friends doing a podcast. That's mm-hmm. in a sense is an adventure cause mm-hmm. you've never done it before. And you start having problems and coming up with solutions and you have fun yep. solving problems. And that's in a, in a sense is an adventure. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're getting to risk yeah. there and risk yeah. is uh, an essential part of life that we're all afraid of because it, it involves unknowns. But um, I found uh, for me some, am- some element, some amount of adventure in my life is necessary. Uh, Ministry is certainly an adventure. Trying to so. figure out how to uh, how to bring people together, how to keep people together, how to solve yeah. relationship problems, and how to motiva- motivate people towards a mission. And uh, and certainly, uh, you're part of a church plant, yeah. uh, entrepreneurial sort of uh, adventure there. And and I think that that is where then some smaller adventures have fit in in my life that you know when I was back home and had more space and had one uh, riding a four-wheeler was something I did a lot and just going out into the woods and cutting trails and doing things but even um, since uh, we've been over here and we've gotten to connect with some different guys and trying to do different things together whether it's just getting out and running on roads Um, I did this thing a few years ago called the ride across Indiana or ride a bike across the whole state which was a wild thing i never thought i would do and mm-hmm. it took me over 13 hours which is pretty slow but still yet yeah we did it we did um yeah. having having big things and giving them a shot and seeing what happens uh pushing yourself 
it's important and it is important for us I think on small daily levels and it's important to have these big kind of ideas yeah. out there it's good for all of us I think to to know there are people pushing limits um, and encourages and inspires us all I think we need that uh, yeah. it's really important yeah uh, otherwise I think you can become get, a lot of things can become drudgery mm. if you don't think of uh, adventures and there are for, for different kinds of people there are different kinds of adventures um, you know you mentioned all the problem solving uh, all the tools that were needed in the look that's adventure to engineers thinking about how to put a craft make it light enough that it can land and not cause trouble but then strong enough that is I know engineers and I know that those are the kinds of things they relish. This thing, mm-hmm. is this this idea that seems almost impossible, mm-hmm. um, but then to just try and try and try. It's, it, there is a lot to be said for that. And I think the only thing that I've heard that um, we just need to be aware of that can short circuit it is um, since the advent of certain technologies, since like uh, internal combustion vehicles, um, you know, planes, uh, we have lost a sense of adventure because we can't get our minds around the cost right so, uh it, it doesn't you know it cost me 20 dollars to fill up my gas tank and drive to illinois but um in one of the inklings books uh it's i believe it's a c.s lewis book he talks about how people uh before motor vehicles used to ride their bike you know three or four miles with more of a sense of adventure than we have in a car on a, you know, driving to another state. Mm-hmm. Um, and however you need to work that into your life, I think that is something important to realize that some of our technologies have taken away our sense of adventure to a degree, and we we should just try to find that adventure in whatever way our hearts seem to work it best. I think it can be different for different people. I mm-hmm. think different kinds of adventures. Uh, believe me, as, as somebody who is into running, as you are too, you know not everybody's a runner, mm-hmm. and so that's not going to be your kind of adventure. But right. everybody uh, has, I think, a place for this in their heart. Be- parenting is an adventure. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think uh, a, a family that is who um, most middle American family, right? Uh, you know, one of the, I think, I, I remember talking to my to my wife about this. It's like, and this is going to sound silly, but I believe it's true. For a man and for a, for a, for a husband and a wife, one of the biggest goals, this, again, this is going to sound silly, but I think it is true, is being able to take their kids to Disney World. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but I think it is. For, for a husband and a wife, the, the, the ability to, to save up enough money and go down there to a theme park for their kids to, to experience that. It's like kind of like, you know what? I've made it. I've yeah. worked hard enough that I can take my kids to Disney World. Yeah. Uh, and that in and of itself is an adventure, right? Because you have to save up the money. Mm-hmm. And that could be a year saving, five year savings, right. ten year saving, whatever it is. And then you have to like you get the rental car, you get the plane tickets, you get the resort you pick because there's a lot of different resorts yep. that you pick. You pick this particular resort, you're excited about it. You know, you get the the, the brochures and the mail, you get your band, you go down there and you have your plan, what you're gonna do, what park yep. you're gonna go to, and how you're gonna go on the different rides. And you, it's an all a strategy solution that you're trying to get your team to have the most fun they could possibly have on this like dream vacation. And that in and of itself is an adventure. There's gonna be some pros there's going to be some cons there's going to be some struggles but at the end of the day 
you're gonna get back home and you're gonna have all those memories. And right. That it's like going to Mount Mount uh, the Mordor and dropping the ring. <laughs> <and> Mount- <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like that. It's for some that's what it looks. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. We had an adventure. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, let me ask you. This is a, this is not as great of a question as yours, but. Uh, what is if you're gonna for someone like you know a middle schooler high schooler in your youth group and you're talking about space and you're gonna like recommend like a, a movie for them to watch that would get them excited about space exploration what would you what would you get them I would, would you probably them? say um, something like Star Trek Two okay. The Wrath of Khan <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean I think. Uh, Star Trek Generations is a really good yeah. one. You get Picard and Kirk in the same. Um, I'm, I'm a big uh, Star Trek person. Yeah. And so those... Now, some of these more recent ones I think had potential, but I think did not um, did not deliver in the final setting. Like, I thought Interstellar was pretty good, and then it kind of devolved into this odd statement about... Hey, the power of love can just do anything, so don't ask questions. Yeah. You know, it was a very just like, yeah. well, this is not where I thought we'd be going. Yeah. And then um, what was the one with Sandra Bullock? Gravity. Yeah, Gravity. That was just a weird movie. Yeah. I mean, when it ended, I was just like, well, that was, yeah. we did that, I guess. I, I, I feel like I just uh, just watched. Yeah. yeah. There's almost no dialogue in that yeah. movie. You just watch somebody go through hard things, and then you kind of go, okay, there was that. So I, d- I don't. Some of the recent ones, I don't think have done a service. Yeah, so I would, if I had a girl, I would probably, when my daughter gets a little bit older, would sit down and watch Hidden Figures. Okay. I think it's a good, yeah. I think it's really good, um, you know, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a piece of history that had definitely been overlooked and not talked about, but how much mm-hmm. these three black women were so instrumental in the, in the, in the Mercury program. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that I think is really well done. Uh, again, it's a little bit more mature in a sense that it's, I wouldn't necessarily give it to an, a middle schooler, but someone who's interested in history. I think the movie First Man was so good hmm. about Neil Armstrong, um, kind of a man who didn't. That's, that was not. He did not join the space program to walk on the moon. Mm-hmm. A, kind of a, a hero that did not desire to be a hero, um, and it, you definitely get. A lot of the a lot of the the sacrifices um, Neil Armstrong lost several friends while being in that program. Wow. They, Apollo one, um, they actually hit one of his other friends crashed his trainer plane wow. during uh, Gemini, the Gemini missions, and uh, but uh, it really does capture like the '60s, like just the feel of that world at that time, and. Um, you know, and the excitement that the the country had when mm-hmm. we landed on the moon, um, and what a just amazing like to go from not even having satellites in fifty what was it, 59, 57, fifty nine, fifty seven, when it was Sputnik, late fifties, right? I can't remember. We didn't have anything. I mean, the yeah. Russians had beaten us, mm-hmm. and how much the the Russians had beaten us on a lot of different uh, goals and and, and milestones. And the U.S. from 1960 to the 1969, having nothing to then having a man on the moon yeah. is incredible. It's so incredible. And I think that that story in about two hours and 15 minutes or so gives you that history and just gives you like, wow, it's, we did that yeah. in nine years? Right. That's incredible. It is. That's incredible. And I think, again, it's a more of a story. It's not like shooting and it's not lasers and yeah. things like that. but. It's real, it's historic, and it does capture just the 
the uh, magnificence of that event. So, yeah, you know, that's thought, one I would suggest. Um, I thought The Martian uh, with... And that's another great one. It was very good. Very, very good. Uh, it's one of those, I didn't watch it when it came out, and then uh, there's so many good movies that come out yeah. that you don't hear necessarily, they don't have a trail like they right. should. And so when I watched it, it was to know, I didn't expect yeah. a lot, and then it's just a very well done movie. Very well done movie. Yeah. And you, you can, I mean, that movie... Even though you know that movie takes is in the context of the you know we are going to Mars regularly, it's mm-hmm. like a regular thing. You watch that movie, you're like, that's not far fetched at all, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, they could have you know different missions and different like camps that they've set up for manned missions to go and spend an extended amount of time in certain parts of Mars, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, that's another one that I think would that. You know, it's got some language and stuff in it. So, but it's a it's a really good movie, mm. and so I think this you know introducing and watching things like that does kind of capture, especially if, while you're watching these movies, you've got SpaceX and you've got Blue Origin, right. and they're doing they're they're going and they're shooting rockets up and they're sending people up, and some kid could go, oh, I want that. That'd be awesome to be part of that. Right. Yeah. So, anyways. Yep. That's cool. All right, let's tie it up about space pirates then. Spite, uh, you got anything else? I don't have anything else. I think this is a a, a, a great a great thing that's happening. Um, while there's a lot of pop negative things going on in the sure. world, yeah. Uh, so this is kind of an optimistic story, and, and uh, we uh, people need to know this stuff. Yep.